0: Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Wrestling with Freddie. And today, I have not one, but two guests. One I had the honor and privilege of working directly with, and the other punched me in the eye for no reason whatsoever. Now, stepping up to the mic, the host of Wrestling With
3: Freddy, Freddy Prince Jr.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, Jeff and Matt Hardy, welcome to Wrestling With Freddy. Welcome to the show, boys. How are you?
3: Uh, doing well, man. And I just want to say, when it, when it comes to the scenario where I punched you in the eye, I just want to say this. It couldn't happen to a better guy. Yeah,
0: that's yeah, not it's great you. to be thank here. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you both. In in truth, uh, it was my fault. You were warming up, and I was not looking, and I walked right into your spinning arm <laughs> that was taped to <laughs> was the gills, stupid. and yeah, it oh damn near God. gave me a black eye. My mom, when I was a little kid, legit used to read me the Hardy Boys books. So, the first time I ever saw the Hardy Boys on TV and you guys lost in the beginning, I was already kind of like cued in and, and locked into what you wanted to do just on the name recognition alone. Right. And so then I started to watch what both of you did and you're so complete opposites as far as your presentation. Matt, I've always found you to be more extroverted. Jeff's more introverted. Um, Jeff's an expressionist you're like this tech wizard like so you guys just have these like two little like you were always thinking what's next jeff was always like this is who i am this is what's right now as a as a fan member that's 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 what i saw and as i watched you guys grow from the dudes that would lose like that's what guys like would say to all of a sudden becoming one of the greatest tag teams in the history of professional wrestling, and then to be able to separate and have massive success in solo careers at the same time and be able to seamlessly sort of come back together and be great again. I don't think anyone else has ever pulled this off, and it may sound like I'm blowing smoke, but I was just Always so impressed by both of you before I even got to the company. My question is when you guys got started, were you just happy to be living the dream or did you guys legit see those types of stories happening?
3: When we first started, I think we were just very happy to be living the dream. And I just wanna say as far as your descriptions of the two of us, we are very different. We are very different souls. And you nailed know it. Like you you can tell you know us well just from that description. But yeah, our dream was just to 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 wrestle, you know, on the WWF at the time and, 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 and make it. And our goal ultimately was to win the world tag team titles one time, you know, the, on the highest (laughs) level. Obviously we did that multiple times over. So, so we did. Okay. That was our goal. If we did it one time, then we were good. It's a wrap. And uh, I, I feel like once we were there, we were just so, humbled to to be there and to get the opportunity to be in the ring, even if we we're getting our ass beat. I remember our goal was like, Hey, let's figure out a real awesome bump we can take for this guy, you know? So, so it'll make him look good. If we do that, they'll bring us back. That was our secret. And Jeff was just such a, Jeff is, he was and is such an incredible seller. Like he was awesome in that role. And, and we believed there were a lot of independent people who said like, if you guys keep doing this, if you keep doing Zobs, there's a guy who told us that it, Instead of doing Carney, instead of saying JizzObs, he just shortened it to Zobs. He said, if you keep doing Zobs, you guys are going to be labeled like that forever. I said, no, man, I think we I think we can make it. If we keep busting our ass and working hard, I I, I, I guarantee it. I believe we can make it.
0: How old were old you when we that did. conversation happened? How old uh, were you when they said you can't keep doing that?
3: At 18. Oh my God. Jeff was 16. 15.
0: <laughs> Still doing it. 15 years old? Are you right. kidding
3: me? There's
0: yeah. tennis stars that have retired at that age. What yeah. is, oh my gosh. Okay, so you come into the wrestling company. I worked directly under Michael Hayes when I, when I started. And the way Michael speaks about the two of you is the way a dad speaks about his sons.
3: Mm-hmm. It he's, was, our he's our wrestling daddy.
0: Well, that's how he felt when I was there. And I had never met either one of you. I was I was brand new. I was not getting the what the writers would call the good assignments. I was getting the ones that no the assignments that no one wanted. And as I started getting a little better and and figuring stuff out while still making a lot of mistakes, I started to have a little bit more access. And I remember Matt. When you won the ECW championship, when they changed the belt that I loved, the. I, some people didn't like it, but I loved that big silver belt.
3: And it was the first ever scramble match in WWE history. So that, that's a little piece of wrestling trivia that I always hold. I won the first ever scramble match.
0: That was the first one. And then they did it again on SmackDown like a year later, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. So I
0: remember being in guerrilla position when you won that and came back. And the reason this popped in my head was you said something that you said the word Humble or humility earlier. And you walk back, and Vince gave you the nod, and you said, I just want to let you know I appreciate this so much, and I won't let you down. And it was such a humble moment for a champion, and his head kind of cocked, and he gave you that, like uh, that grunt, yeah. right? That that all right then. Yeah,
3: that and and you watch walk- smirk.
0: Yeah. And you walk backstage and I was sitting and I had never seen an instance like that before. I didn't have access to gorilla position before that moment. I was just like, Whoa, that was, that was intense. And it was my first kind of taste of what it meant for a wrestler to be a champion in that company. And before that, like I had made mistakes. I didn't understand the the value of the belt and, and what it truly meant outside of a fan going, Hey, that's cool. So I'm getting schooled up on there, like learning on the fly. And then Michael comes in and he says, Jeff had a lot of momentum at the time. And he said uh, to the whole writing team, we're going to try to make Jeff champ. And I remember there was a guy named Krista Joseph and he was like hyped. He was so excited. Right. And some of the other writers was like, how are we going to, how are we going to do that? And For me, it was an opportunity to get a better assignment. And I had never even met Jeff yet, outside of maybe like a head nod. Like that that was all we, we did. And I wrote up a story. And Jeff, you had been going through shit at the time. And I thought instead of hiding from that, we should kind of lean into it. And my philosophy, you know, my dad struggled in the 70s with a lot of different stuff. Like when he died, he had enough quaaludes in his system to kill a damn horse. I had a lot of experience with that and I had gone through psychologist after psychologist and a lot of it, they talked about, you know, the brain knows when it needs help. It goes to whatever the quickest route to that help is, right? And so I tried to come up with this thing that you executed so beautifully where we talked about the gray area and the world's not just black and white. That just doesn't exist in the real world, and there is a gray area, and it's not about good people or bad people, because there's good people that make bad choices every day, and there's bad people to make good choices in their life, and the rest of us are in the middle, and we're all just trying to get by, and I thought that could be a truthful and honest, and this may sound weird, but a beautiful way to tell your story. I just didn't know if we could get it approved. What was going through your head as I'm kind of throwing these, these weirdo promos your way? I mean, it, w- was it exciting? Was it, what the hell? Who's this guy? Like, whatever. You, you're not going to hurt my feelings, even if you're like, dude, they sucked. Like, I, I, I loved it no matter what. So I'm just curious as to what was going through your heart and head at the time.
2: It was crazy exciting. And thank you for helping me become the world champion for the first time. It's pro wrestling. It's it's an amazing craft. And man, I'm just me. Like what you see is what you get. And man, but when that happened, I was like, Oh, I do have something special about me. And I don't know what it is like the connection between me and the fans, but there's something, the energy, I guess is, Oh my God. And there's no gravity. Like we can just soar to the stars and, and, and take over whatever uh, when I see these people, but um, there's just something special about me. And I thank you for recognizing that within me and pro wrestling is a, It's a crazy world, man. It's like a circus, like a sideshow. And, um, and I'm just so proud to be a part of
0: it. Jeff, you, you talked about that energy, you know, for me, it was always like, when you're, when you're not the cool kid and you're not the popular kid in school, which I was not, you feel like an outcast and, you try to seek out others that are like-minded but before the internet that was impossible so you legitimately were an outcast you you felt ostracized right and that's i think something that people saw and connected with your character out there because like you said it's you the character is you it's not jeff hardy's not out there faking it and putting on some persona it's just this is who i am right now and I hope you love me. And it's like, I, you feel that every time you, you climb up to the top, right? So I always felt that connection was wrestling fans have always been like those sports fan that has been disrespected the most. The one that's like discounted the most. I remember Colin Cowherd used to call us mouth breathers. And, I, and then Fox bought it. And all of a sudden he was so nice and polite and respectful. Um, but I always felt those fans kind of, felt that way. And so when they have someone where they can go, that's our guy, all of a sudden, that's their guy. And that crowd was always willing to go up to the top and jump with you if need be. And I remember you said that energy. I remember when the crowd believed that it was going to happen. I didn't watch from Gorilla, even though I was supposed to, I got yelled at. I went out to one of the side hallways so I could see it, you know, the way I, the way I would want to see it if I bought you a ticket. Watch
3: live. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, uh, and my phone was going crazy. Freebird was like, get back here. Where are you? I didn't even like answer it. I'm just there like watching from the wings and that crowd, all of a sudden when they realized it was Hunter outside the ring and not you <laughs> and that the finish was about to actually happen, you said there was no gravity. Like I literally felt like I was floating in that moment because their voices and the sound like reverberated so damn much that it's like lifting you up off the, off the ground. And then they did the finish And because you're beautifully insane, you then climbed the entire scaffold of Armageddon all the way to the top, which gave gave me a heart attack. I was a new father. So, like, all my bravery just (laughs) vanished. And all I'm thinking is, I hope he's okay.
4: I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there, I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community, because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura podcast network where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows
1: wherever you listen to podcasts.
5: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex.
0: Talk about that moment, man, because you talked about just the regular energy that you get from a regular match, which sounds like winning a championship. So what was it like when you actually did?
2: Oh, like a little boy's dream come true, man. Like up on that castle at Armageddon and Armageddon is coming eventually. Maybe I'm, I'm guessing 2075.
3: <laughs> okay, good. I'll be gone. What my did Jeff Hardy think to say?
2: <laughs> but no, uh, it's such a crazy world. But yeah, it's a little, little boy's dream come true, man. And God, and then to do it over and over again. One of my favorite things is, as far as being like world champion is when punk and it's so crazy. We're in the same company now. And there's a huge moment between me and punk. Yeah. It's going to come, I'm sure. Uh,
0: but like it has man. to. He was. I mean, I remember when he walked out to your music oh, and yeah. rocked out like Jeff. And then, oh my god! The yeah. crowd got yeah. so angry. Like, bro you you guys gotta get it on again. You gotta get it <laughs> oh, on for
2: sure. Again. I, I'm. I mean, you you tell me, man. But I think there's a huge moment. Like just in the hallway, like uh, me and Matt Ooh. beat the Young Bucks or whatever. It, uh, whatever pay per is coming up or, or whatever <laughs> happens. But then. We run. Me and Punk just have a face off.
0: I love face offs. First of all, shake I,
2: him, like big hug. You know, hey man.
0: But also let him know. I'm yeah, I'm gonna see you though. <laughs> <You're being laughs> like, see I'll see you, see you soon. Yeah.
3: Watch your step,
0: Matt. I I've always had a question for this, and I guess I could have asked Freebird over the years, but I just I, I wanted to ask you during Jeff's run. There was this sneaky little thing that you and Freebird did, where matt hardy's coming out to help his brother but jeff gets hurt and we didn't show it at that pay-per-view we revealed it i believe at the next pay-per-view but the matt hardy character smiled and wasn't necessarily out there to help his brother is what it seemed was this and this eventually led to you turning on jeff was this something that you came up with? Michael came up with the two of you sat together and, and came, cause I wasn't even aware of it until after it happened. And Freebird was like, well, that's just a little extra touch.
3: Um, so I, I know they pitched it to me and it's so funny. There was like uh, these old rumors that float around like, Oh my God, it was supposed to be Christian, but then they changed it and they made it mad. It, it was always going to be me. And, and they just, I, I feel like they felt the best path forward for me because always historically Jeff has always been more popular. Uh, probably always will be more popular i, I just want to tack on something to what you're saying earlier we do these massive autograph signings now that we're back you know the, the hardys uh, you know whenever we go to these uh you know autograph signings they are like four hours four and a half hours they're long and massive and there's so many people that have watched us for so long in october of this year we've been doing this for 30 years and you know we've been doing like on the highest level now for almost almost 25 years which is crazy and 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 like you said, it's it's very special that we can be a tag team and, and win multiple world tag team titles together and then split off and win other titles and then come back together and win titles again. Like I don't think there's ever been a team that has had that sort of success as as a team and uh singles, you know, when it when it when you think about in the big scheme of things. The only person I can really think that's close is Edge and Christian, but they both had to take off like, you know, seven to nine years because of their severe injuries and whatnot. So Jeff has this thing about him whenever we're Doing these signings, people come up to him all the time. They go, Oh my God, you inspired me to be me because you were just someone who, like, this is who you are. If you like me, great. If you don't, great. I don't care. I'm me and I'm happy in this moment. I'm doing what I love in this moment and I'm living my life to the fullest in this moment. And I don't care what anybody else says. And that's a huge inspiration to him. And people all the time come and say, Thank you so much. You helped me during a tough t- period in my childhood or whatever. Like, you made me not afraid to be myself. So I think that's one of the very special things that goes along with him, and that leads I think to him being historically the most popular of the two of us. And then Michael Hayes had pitched and said, "I think the best way forward for you, Matt, is now that you're the CCW champion and he's the WWE champion, if we did a thing where like you were almost jealous, you know, he's getting all the, you know, he's getting all the light shined on him right now as being the big champion, and and you've been a big champion even longer. Like, what if we do a thing where you get so frustrated and ultimately you turn on him and we?" Do a big match at WrestleMania and you guys can face one another on the, you know, the, uh, the the biggest platform possible. And I was all down for it. I said, yeah, that sounds good. And I didn't disagree. So they started planting those seeds. I want to say the first thing was like you were found like uh, out in a stairwell. And it was almost like a play on real life. Like, oh, my God, was was Jeff Hardy messed up? We know he's had his demons. We know he has had his issues. But it turns out in the backstory of that I was the one that did that to him. There was a deal where there was a, a car crash. And remember they filmed, they used some girl, like, is your wife is Beth? Yeah, and, wife. And, and that ended up being me as well. And then the pyro thing, which is one of my favorite deals because he made it look so amazing the way he sold it. And then ultimately ended up where my worst enemy, a guy that I have historically hated, Edge, you know, is wrestling Jeff. And I screwed Jeff out of the match and allow Edge to win, which really solidified that I was a real piece of shit, terrible bad guy.
0: That's long-term storytelling that doesn't get done as much anymore. I miss it, man.
3: And that was done really well. I feel like at that point, if we were to just focused on me being jealous and my envy of him being so popular when he has the title, the thing I think where we, we went a little too far is because his house legitimately did burn down whenever I burned down his house and killed his dog. I felt like a lot of people said, ah, oh, I mean, we're kind of in on him being jealous, but that, that's a little too much and i remember that became part of the story. yeah and i, I remember like that, that too. I, I felt like fans disconnected there a little bit. and that that was my feeling from reading the crowd as well. Yeah,
0: well when that well, let's talk about that reading the crowd and that yeah. okay so to me professional wrestling and stand up comedy are the two most brutal forms of art. okay? you uh-huh. the crowd lets you know right away if they don't like your joke cuz they don't laugh. they let you know right away if they don't like your work in the ring and they'll scream at you. They'll start, you suck chance, not because you're the heel because they genuinely hate you. Right. So when you talk about feeling that in the crowd, how do you communicate that to creative? Have you ever been able to communicate that successfully? Is it, does it fall on deaf ears? What talk about that real quick? If you could, Uh,
2: there was one moment, like before I went out and like, I think Michael Hayes was up there and and in and you know, everybody, man and they played the video package and like jack our dog that died in the fire was the last visual of that and i almost like broke down they said you gotta be fired up you got that, that was you that
3: man. was right before i oh, I'm,
2: not, I'm not getting fucking fired up i'm going out here stone cold oh because man that shit really happened yeah. you know this this shit's fake you know what we're doing now it's just an act you know so to speak and that was one I just went on like, just don't call us. I'm not, I'm not getting fired up at all.
3: I, I, I feel like inserting reality in the storylines is important and, and it needs to be done, but especially now in the age of the internet and the age of information, because everybody knows everything. I think you do, but there, there's also some things. And I think we were right on the cusp of this period at this time. That was an event that was so tragic and so sad. They literally his house burned out. Yeah, you know, all the old tights, all his old gear oh, lost in the God. fire. His his dog died. It, I mean, it, it was a, a really traumatic event on him. And just for for them to put that in their storyline was almost like where it was bad taste. And that that's what I felt
0: whenever I see that, especially in hindsight. Whenever, whenever yeah. they had
3: me come out and they had like a, I I'll never forget them burning a dog collar, and then I held the dog collar. Like you know the 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 guy who did the props, he was like, okay, well, should I burn it more? I? I said, oh, I think it's fine it's like, I remember saying like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'll do it. This is what you guys want me to do. I'll do it. But like, this could be too much. And I could just feel like-
0: You guys weren't alone in the, this. The
3: air, the air came out of the crowd. They're like, it, It's not like, we're not mad at you because you're playing the bad guy in the story. We're mad at you because this is, is, is a poor taste. So that's how it felt. You're not
0: alone in that. I remember MVP and Jeff had a thing after that. And MVP had some of that commentary in his. And he was even saying like- hey i think we've already kind of done this and you know i'm not 100% good going there and and they were still you know real real aggressive about about trying to make that work but i i see what you mean because it's so easy to get to a good place and then quickly say what's next when you work at wwe instead of living in that moment and allowing that moment to be more organic a lot of times when it works two weeks later it's like well now that has to evolve to something else and it's like man it's still so fresh like they've literally only gotten about 10 minutes of this so far as far as like tv time that you've allowed like we can let this play out and sometimes they get it right you know sometimes they do do a nice slow drawn out story AEW did a great one this year with with MJF and punk I thought that was slow and 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 beautiful as well so let's let's transition to AEW Jeff, you already planted the seed as far as CM Punk. But as far as tag teams go, and look, this is me as a a fan and a guy who who got to work with both of you and has love for both of you. You guys need to shoot straight to the top of this division. You guys need to have all the belts around you. I would even want the, the, the Ring of Honor belts around you. What's the goal for you guys as a tag team right now, at least in the coming year.
3: Uh, I mean, I I agree with you. Uh, Our goal here in AAW is to cement our legacy. And the the first uh, business we want to conduct is winning the AEW World Tag Team Championships. And on top of that, I'd love to win the AAA. I'd love to win the Ring of Honor. I'd love to win the New Japan titles. We'll win them all, man. We really want to cement our legacy as you know the legit goats, one of the greatest of all time.
0: You guys are already cement, just so you know. At this point, it's just (laughs) layering gold on top of the cement. But I had this
2: one idea as far as like too sweet or delete is one cinematic match that we never got to do before we went back to WWE in 2017. Uh, But I had this idea about us going into the ocean in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and coming out in (laughs) of the ocean in Long Beach, California, and then me and the young us and the young bus like go at it, you know, brother.
0: Complete, I I, an hour from Long Beach. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all could come out like James Bond from the James Bond movie out the (laughs) ocean. (laughs) Or Halle Berry. Yeah. And Portals, Portals will be good too. Then.
3: <laughs> oh, oh my! I just, I just said what my dream match would be today on our podcast on the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. It would be all the greatest tag teams. I would use everyone. You know, like uh, Tully and Arn, the Rock and Roll Express, use the Young Bucks. And and we have uh, it starts at the Hardy compound, and then there's portals, and it leads all over the world. We can be, you know, we can be in Japan, we can be in the ECW arena. And we'll make it a worldwide production. If you guys have all the belts, you hours. can do it.
0: If you guys have all the belts, yeah. you why, can why literally not? do it. It's for wrestling. Holy shit! I uh, I've been looking at some properties commercial real estate because i want to have a a home base for a little independent wrestling company that i want to start in about a year and a half out here yeah
3: yeah i've heard these rumors man i
0: was looking at a place in downtown los angeles that was like a rooftop supper club that had gone out of business and it was like the downtown la skyline and all i could think of was a hardy here and a hardy here on turnbuckles with the la sky it's the only skyline we got is downtown With the L.A. skyline behind while both you guys just jump off 12 feet in the air and land. But I remember seeing them being like, wow, man, like rooftop wrestling with the Hardy Boys would be insane. Watching you guys guys go mad there.
4: I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there. And stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts
5: That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
0: I do want to say this, and I got one more question for you. But as you know, as soon as we hang up, I'm going to try to write a CM Punk Jeff Hardy storyline, and I'm going to send (laughs) it to Tony Khan. It's
3: submitted to to Papa Khan.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's all my, once you said that, I literally was like, Oh, my God. Yeah, they're in the same company. Of course. Oh they. God, there's advice. so much great they, material here. <laughs> they got it. I mean, it was such a it was such a wonderful story. But both you guys have been in some of my favorite stories. And one of my well, he hated me when I joined the company, but he's held both my babies since. Uh, one of the stories, Matt, that you were involved in that I've loved and and the U.S. title hasn't meant anything since was you an MVP. I thought this was it was basically competitive friendship rivalry. It, it wasn't hate at first and it allowed itself in a slow, long format to develop into something more than you've got what I want. Give it to me. It was, it was, no, you're not better than me. I'm better than you. Or it was that old song. Anything you can do, I can do better. I can, (laughs) I mean, that's literally, it had this old school feel to it, was that something that was brought to you guys or was that something that you guys wanted to
3: do? That that ended up being a touch we decided to put on it. And, and I feel like at that time, it was single MVP and single Matt. We were doing that in real life too. We were like competitive. We would go out to, to eat and buy a bar later. We would see who could drink the most or pick up the most chicks or whatever. We were just super competitive <laughs> in everything because we were good buddies. And it almost like translated its way on a TV. So – that, that was supposed to be a short-term thing for the U.S. title. And then, like, later we added details. And, you know, I, I said, well, what if you decided you wanted to try and make me your tag team partner? And we go after the tag team goal. And I said, and that kind of gives us a way to extend this and we can make that happen. And Vince was so open to us. There there would be times, you remember the lines that would be outside Vince's door. You know, there'd be eight or nine people just waiting. And they'd yeah. waiting for an hour, 90 minutes outside his door to get in to see him. MVP and I, like, if we'd be at the line. We'd say, hey, Vince, we'd shoot him a text. Hey, we're outside. He'd, say, he'd come to the He said, Matt, MVP, come right in. And we'd pass the whole line. We did that almost every single week. He was like, we were his favorites at that time. Every time we kind of suggested something, he was always open to it. it that, was one of, that was one of the most fun times as far as working with Vince. And he was liking what we're doing and it was succeeding on television. And he was always open to ideas. When I first did Matt Hardy v one, too. He was very open to ideas, and I got to interact with him a lot, too, which was was very cool. Do you think
0: maybe that's the issue with some of the younger talent these days is not either having the ideas or not having the confidence to bring their ideas to the top people? Do you think maybe they're waiting for ideas to come to them?
3: I I think so. I mean, you have to be hungry. You have to be willing to, you know, go out on a limb and, and, and try something different and think out of the box, especially because in pro wrestling now, everything's been done. Like, how can we switch up our storytelling in a different way, which is kind of fresh and creative, which will, will, will hook people. And I think that's one of the the, the toughest deals in this day and age. And, and I feel like now at WWE, it's even harder. My last time that I was back, and Jeff was there a couple of years after me. But like, it's very hard to get in and have that one on one Facetime with Vince now. And I feel like that's very important because he he has almost become like you know the Wizard of Oz. He's like the man behind the curtain, and and it's very hard to get Facetime with him. But I think guys have to stay driven. They have to continue to submit ideas even if you get if you have 50 ideas shot down, you might get one that they roll with. I mean, I think you have to do that. That's part of your obligation from a creative aspect in this in this industry.
0: Jeff, but before I get to my last question, which is more family driven and bro- brother driven. Did you ever hear about the production meeting before you went over as champion? Did anyone ever share that with you? I never did. Is it ideas or politicking?
3: I think it was politicking, right?
0: Yeah. we. Uh, some of us had the politics. So Yeah. yeah. No, I know. No.
3: If legend this- serves me correct, I, I, I've read this and heard the rumors. <laughs> I would love to hear the official story, though.
0: So this was like the craziest, coolest, most passionate moment I ever had in not the wrestling business, in show business. I'd never been in a position where it was this like creative and realistic debate going back and forth and you got those production meetings are like 40 people deep right so there was the group that was pro jeff winning the title which was a larger group in that room and then there was a smaller group that did not want that to happen and it was it it was a smaller group but their voices carried weight and all of a sudden i'm sitting next to freebird and the conversation starts going away from all this work and what I described out loud as sacrifice Jeff's made as far as giving you real stuff. We can't take this away now, but I'm seeing it getting taken away and Freebird starts squeezing my wrist. Like get, get up, get up for You gotta say something. You gotta, because if he, he's like, if I, if I do it, they won't go for it. And so I'm sitting there and literally like, he's got, a wrestler's grip, you know, it's no joke. I'm feeling it, man. I'm like, Oh my God. So I stand up and I start giving that, that speech where it's like, yo, man, this guy sacrificed so much and he's given so much. And I know there's been, you know, choices. We're not going to call them mistakes. I'll call them choices, but damn, what did we do this for? If not now? And it keeps going back and forth. And finally, and I had looked up the numbers on your merchandise sales. Cause I was paranoid that something like this might happen, and over the last six months, you had outsold everyone in the company at that time, including the person that was most against this decision, and that was my ace of spades that i that I had no not that no, one, no no, it was, no, no. It, was, it was it was three letters you know they were all the, they were all the same, so I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, if I pull this card it's it's my last move, like I'm not going to be able to like outshoot that, so I had to wait for everybody to get their say, in, and then finally, I just went. All those armbands out there, all those crazy Spider-Man looking things, they're on every single person in the crowd. This man has sold more merchandise than every single person, including the people in this room over the last six months because of the sacrifices he's put in this story. Those people believe in him. That's why they're buying that, even though they already have three of them. They're putting on four and five over that because they actually believe in this. And I remember Kevin Dunn, when I mentioned the merch numbers, because I'm not going to Throw your business out there. But I said what they were, because we had access to all that stuff in the company. And Kevin Dunn just went, holy shit. And once he said that, I was like, oh, we're good. And then Vince goes, All right, everybody, get out of here. And he throws <laughs> us all out, except, you know, a few people. I wasn't in those people. Neither was Freebird. And we go out and DJ and I are both like, It's it's on. It's on. And I'm like, I'm going to tell Jeff. And Freebird's like, you're not telling that, but it's not over yet. You gotta wait till they come out. <laughs> And I'm like, well, what, 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 what do you mean? He goes, if they, if if you come out, if they come out here and they see you celebrating Freddie, I swear to God, it'd be the last day you work. And I'm like, all right, I'm like, all right, I'll keep it cool. I'll keep it cool. And so I'm trying to keep it cool. And DJ's elbowing me like, dude, I can't believe we're going to get this. Cause DJ shot all the stuff, almost all the stuff that I wrote for you. Like, I remember he took, he was in London with you when you did that great undertaker uh, yeah, bit yeah, with him at yeah. the London show, And uh, so he was very heavily invested in this as well. And then all of a sudden the naysayers all came out and none of them even looked at me. And so that's when I knew, I was like, oh, we're good, we're good to go. And you just hear Vince go, get in here. And Freebird goes in and we all go in, it was just the three of us. And he goes, nobody touches Jeff till Armageddon. And that's, and Freebird was just like, but, well, I can't say what he said, but he, doot, doot, doot is basically what he <laughs> yeah, said. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we walked out and then we were running from that moment forward. And it was such a crazy, I had so much fun. It felt like the stakes were so high. I never felt like the stakes were high in any movie I ever did or any like job that I wrote. Or if I did, I just couldn't, it wasn't at that level, but the stakes felt so high because of that energy that you described in the beginning of this, it was real, man. Like those fans, when they, and I never had that, like my fanship was more girls who wanted to fall in love in the nineties. Right. But it was (laughs) never, but, but for real, like Matt's real about, you know, like his popularity and who loves him and who respects him. And I have a good perspective on that too, probably because we're older Matt and we have wisdom. But Jeff had this way where you just give more than guys like me, and people respect that, and they love that, and that energy was real. I've heard comedians talk about that, that energy, and it's such a – I said this before. I think I even said it to you when we were working together. I said, dude, your wrestling is like a Jackson Pollock painting. It's like, it's like you're vomiting emotion all over a literal canvas, except it's actual blood, sweat and tears and face paint on a literal canvas. I was like, it's the true definition of art. And I've always described you as that way as Jackson Pollock, whereas like hard Matt is literally like Andy Warhol, like what's next? What are the people going to be looking for? What's next? And then he hits them with it. And so to see these two complete like no way Andy Warhol and Jackson Pollock ever hung out no way they could live on the same compound together so my my final question is I'm an only child my, bro- my son and my daughter fight all the time I'm sure you guys have as well how have you guys managed to keep this bond to stay so tight and to be like the true definition of brothers. I, I used to ask my mom like, at Christmas, I don't want any presents. I just want a brother. She's like, baby, I have my tubes tied. That's not happening. So <laughs> she had 23 hours of labor with me. She was done. But how, how have you guys done this, man? And maybe there's no answer, and that's fine too. But how, how have you guys managed? You said 30 years, you st- 18 and 16. That's insane. You guys are still doing this at the highest levels.
2: Yeah, it should be. It's a beautiful history that that will never be
3: deleted. Yeah, because it can't there, be. You know,
2: it's the story, you know, of us. And that, yes, the unknown for me, it's just like faith and hope. I, I over pray all the time. I, I talk to something more than me, like every day, and and I believe in that.
3: I I, I really feel like you know our mom died young, and we we very much modeled ourselves after her in many ways. Um, until we got in wrestling and then those guys kind of tore away at us and got us all, all all screwed up. But obviously we're not going to blame that on, on, on pro wrestling. Um, you know, I, I just feel like from early on, we just realized like whenever our mom passed, I remember our dad said to us and he was there and our dad's like a real hard Southern man. First time we'd ever saw him cry. And he said like, guys, we have to be strong. We have to go on for her. That's what she would want. So I just, even from that moment on, I feel like there was a very special bond where there's been times where we've been at each other's throats or we've had disagreements or whatever, but we always know our bond as brothers are, is very special and, and it, it will always come back and it will always be there. Even if we have a disagreement or there's a period where we're on different pages, we, we always get back on the same page every single time. And I just think we understand how special it is. And that's something I really try and reinforce in in my kids. I have three young boys. You know, Maxwell, Wolfie and Barty, his brothers, I go, guys, your brothers, you're going to fight with them. You're going to argue. So especially when you're younger now, you're going to fight all the time. But remember, they are the most important people in your life. Like you can always depend on them. And I think we know that we can always depend on one another, no, regardless of what the situation or scenario is.
2: Yeah, for sure. I, I have the Hardy girls like Ruby and Nera, man, 11 and 6. It's crazy. When you look back at everything, it really does fly by. But like Matt's like little boys, man, they're so entertaining. I'll tell you a real quick story. They were on the motocross track one day, like, and they were all playing. And Woofy wanted a snack, you know, so he was trying to go in our house. We have dogs in the house. We have a lot of too many dogs.
3: Just think about it, he's he's not at home. We we're like out on the motocross track, and they're running up yeah. down the hill. And
2: Woofy was going towards my house to go to go get a snack, you know. And and Matt said, "Woofy, where are you going? I need I need a snack. Where are you going to get it from?" He said, "From the fridge, of course."
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm so broken, it, right?
2: yeah. uh, uh No, you can't. There's dogs in there; they'll they'll bite you or something. <laughs>
0: Matt, well, you had like a kangaroo, a damn zebra, <laughs> yeah, oh, koala yeah. bears, and all yeah, kinds of all shit. Kinds of some
3: stuff. of the best footage ever. Yeah, right? yeah it is some oh, of the best. Uh, it, what What was your kangaroo's name? What was his, what was his name? <laughs> it was smoking Joe Fraser. <laughs> <That's- laughs> yeah. The, the, the kangaroo <laughs> man the kangaroo his vessel it contained the essence of that's Joe right. of smoking Joe Frazier you know I knew smoking right. Joe back many many decades ago and now I've kept track of his essence and his essence is now in this kangaroo so he would teach us how to strike with his hands and feet
0: yo that's what got me back in touch with you on social media because I was like yo th- what character is this guy creating now like it- I legit reached out to you. I was like,
3: what, what is going on, brother? How are yeah. you? I, this was
0: years ago now, but I listen. can't believe, I, oh, man, yeah. I
3: can't tell you how many people, how many people that I that was friends with, whenever I started doing Broken Man, and I went all in, right? Oh, yeah. Method acting all the way in. <laughs> like they, they said, hey, TNA said, hey, we want to put you on Meltzer's show. You know, he wants you to do the whole show, you know, because it's kind of getting hot, whatever. I said, you know, it's like, it's going to be like 50 minutes. He said, so is that cool? You know, on they're just like talk wrestling. I said, you tell Dave if I'm going to be on there. It's all broken mat the whole wall. It's the whole gimmick. I'm not, I'm not changing it. And I did everything in gimmick. People were contacting me going like, hey, bro, man, like, is everything all right? Like, I just want to see, like, I want to make sure you, ain't, you, ain't, you, ain't, you, ain't fell, you hadn't fell off or anything, man. Is everything cool? Like, you, you need me to come over and, and stay with you or help you out? Is everything cool? And I was like, oh, and well, I'm good. I said, I've never been better. I said, I- I'm just trying to suck everyone in into, into this broken universe I'm creating.
0: Bro, I would send those videos to Kieran Calkin, who used to be like my wrestling show running mate back in the day. Like he's been thrown out of wrestling show. He was such like a psycho fan um, to the best actor on HBO, but he started off as a psycho fan. And I literally would be like, yo, check out what Hardy's doing. And he literally would just write back, yo, what the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> But we loved it, man. We loved so, it.
3: Oh so so here, a little insight into that. There, there's this place like 15 minutes from us, uh, which is so crazy because we live out in the middle of rural North Carolina, obviously, little podunk town, Cameron. There's this place where there's a little privately owned zoo. And they had these couple animals. And they had like, you know, the, the giraffe was George Washington. He was always a bit. And like Jeremy Borash, who was shooting all that stuff loved going out there and i was like i mean i would talk to these animals like i'm talking to you right now i would be fully invested you know with whatever <laughs> we're doing and the, this is a great story the first time with smoking joe we were there i said yes i said uh, brother nero you know i said i have established uh, a very special boxing match he's going to help us with our strikes so we can take out the books of youth and i said yeah let me get in here and I'm gonna show you how smoking joe works i said and then like they told us they said this guy's an older kangaroo they said he throws some pretty vicious kicks, but he's the most tame of the three we have. So if you guys are going to shoot some with him, it'd be best to do it with him. And he one time reared up and did a real hard kick. And then I remember I told Jeff, I said, so, Brother Nero, you're such a spot monkey. You jump off the top rope off every perch available. You should fight him first. And the camera was rolling. Jeff's <laughs> like, what the hell? And I had him fight <laughs> the, the kangaroo first. I want to see how bad the damage was.
0: Jeff's like, I got, I'm sitting there with Dr. Doolittle and I gotta take a bump from a real kangaroo. He <laughs> legit locked up though, man. It's yeah. crazy. I was like
3: <laughs> and he kicked the shit out of him. and then and then after Jeb went, I said, dude, I said I said, dude, I said, All right, man, I said, I feel bad. Thank you, man, for taking the first bull. I said, I'll go, I'll go. And I was in there and I locked up with him. He started kicking me and he was kicking the shit out of my knee. And I thought he was going to buckle my knee. I was going to have to go in yeah. front of ACL surgery. And, I, and in character, and broke a said, yes, punish me, Joe. Punish me. Punish me. And he's getting And then I was like, cut the camera off. I had to
0: run out of there. Bro, you got to tap out, bro. You got to yeah. tap. Yeah. Punish me. Punish me.
2: Oh, man. I was Hell. calling out. in
0: the mess. He was legit locked up with the room Oh, my God. Oh, my uh, God. No one else could ever tell that unless they live in Australia. Nobody else could ever tell that story. Listen, you guys, I appreciate both of you so much for taking time out of your day from taking time away from the animal kingdom and from the hearty compound and from flying all over the place. Uh, Matt, keep that active brain of yours going. Keep reinventing, keep evolving. I love it. Jeff, Keep living in the moment, brother. I hope you're still painting. I hope you're still making music. If not, please start again. The, a balanced artist is a happy artist. So please continue. I am. I'm playing
2: at the Whiskey on June second. I don't know the cares, but yeah. Please come out if you can,
0: man. The Whiskey where? 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 Uh, on Sunset in L.A. Get out of here.
3: The Whiskey El
2: will yeah,
0: right? Yeah, the legendary place, yeah. My whiskey. Dude, I haven't been there in... Fi- dude, I would love to come see you, man. Kazarian,
2: like, Kazarian's band's opening up for us, so it's like a full band, then it's like acoustic. Yeah. Second, like, L.A., yeah. Whiskey.
0: Nice, dude. Oh, dude, well, shit. L.A., show up, show out. All right, you guys, I appreciate you both. Lots of love to you both. And uh, to everybody listening, thank you for the time. And uh, this was Wrestling With Freddie. This has been a production of iHeart's Michael Tua podcast network. For more podcasts from iHeart Radio, visit the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
1: Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen, and with Resi
5: Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card,
3: right this way, it's nice
5: to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at
4: americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens, but trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.